I don't know if you remember this, but back in 2013, shortly after Pope Francis was elected as Pope, there was this viral photo of him that, that went everywhere of him embracing this man in St. Peter's Square. That man's name was Vinicio Riva, and he had come that day with thousands of other pilgrims to see the Pope, and uh, he was there waiting in line as the Pope was greeting people who had disabilities and different illnesses and things like that. And Vinicio had this condition called neurofibromatosis. It's a horrible disease that just creates tumors nonstop on your nerve endings. So it creates tumors under your skin, on top of your skin. Um, There's no treatment. It's very painful. I'm not like a squeamish person. Like, I can see some images of really tough stuff and be fine. But when I see photos of people with this condition, I really tense up. Like sometimes the, the bubbles and boils are so much that they, they droop over the person's eyes, they, they cover their mouth, they, they look so uh, inhuman, so like deformed, terrible, terrible uh, disease. Vinicio uh, passed away actually last month, and he was being interviewed once again about that moment where he met Pope Francis in St. Peter's Square. Because as Vinicio's there with his, with his aunt and some other pilgrims, Pope Francis kind of turns the corner and sees him with this disfigured, lesioned face, boils all over. And Pope Francis, without hesitating, just goes right over to him and embraces him and just holds him against his chest. And as she begins to, to caress the man's face and head and, and bless him, And for Vinicio, he said that that little moment, it felt like an eternity of love to him. He felt so much peace wash over him, so much warmth wash over him. Someone who's kind of a modern-day leper who people often would see and just be shocked and turn away from and want to hide from. And here is the the successor of Peter just holding him in love, caressing his, his face, not even knowing if this is contagious or not. The Pope didn't know that. And Vinicio said that day... When I went home, I, I, I left all my sorrows of my life in St. Peter's Square. I could finally leave all the sorrow I had. He went home changed, and even though his neurofibromatosis did not go away, he was interiorly healed and changed. The photo of that, it's, you can look up online, and it's one of the most striking images to me of, of Pope Francis's pontificate and what it means to minister the, the love of Jesus. There it is. That's, that's the photo from 2013. Being so close to one who often felt so outside and excluded. When we pray the scriptures, it's, it's moments like that. It's current events, it's memories, it's things that are, that are important to us in our minds and hearts that we can use to actually enter into the scriptures. That helps me to pray with the gospel for this weekend, right? <laughs> this memory I have in that photo. Because as Christians, we're called not just to read the scriptures, like for information, we're called to meditate with the scriptures. To meditate with the scriptures means I bring my mind, my heart, my imagination, all my humanity, my experiences, I bring them into the word and I ask, Lord, what are you saying to me through this word today? 
And a great way to do that is to put ourselves into the shoes of the characters of those biblical people. Like, what would, what would he or she experience in this moment? How can I relate to that? When, when in my life have I felt outside or excluded or sick? Or That's how we begin to meditate with the Scriptures so that God can speak to us today in the current moment. I'd encourage you to pray with three different characters from this gospel today uh, on your own time or with your families, to put yourself in the shoes of these, these people and to meditate with the Scriptures to go into the Word. So, first of all, when you go home and you open up to, to Mark chapter 1 and you be, begin to meditate with this Scripture, first of all, you can put yourself in the shoes of the leper. You open up your Bible, Mark chapter 1, today I am the leper. When have I felt excluded? When have I felt banished? When have I experienced being outside of my family, outside of my social network? The, the leper was outside of everything in the life of Israel. He couldn't worship. He had to be away from his family. He was a wanderer. He couldn't go back into his town. How can I relate to that? And no matter who we are, all of us can relate to that in one sense because all of us are lepers because of the disease of sin. The deepest disease is the disease of sin and death. Jesus has healed us of that and set us free, has brought us into God's family once again. We can all relate to this in that way. So put yourself in the shoes of the leper. Today, I'm the leper as I meditate with the Word. A second way to meditate with the Word is to open up your Bible, Mark chapter 1, and as you read this passage, today, I am Jesus. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a great way to pray with the Scriptures. What would it be like for Jesus in this moment to meet the leper, to touch him, to heal him? Jesus had a human mind, a human heart, human emotions, a human body. What would it be like for him? What was Jesus thinking about when he saw the man coming to him? What was his prayer like to the Father as he took away his disease? How did Jesus feel afterward when he now takes the place of the leper? Now he can't go into the city openly. He has to be outside and be the exile, but the leper gets to go home. He gets to go back to everything that's good. What's it like to be in the shoes of Jesus? That's how you meditate with the Word and enter into the Scriptures and allow God to speak to you through your meditation. Now, I mentioned there'd be three people to get into their shoes today, and you're like, well, there's the leper, there's the Jesus. Like, like, who, like who else is there to, to, to consider? There's only two people in the scene. Well, it's a little bit indirect here, but the third person you can enter into in your meditation is this person. Everyone who heard the good news from the leper. All those people he told. Now, Jesus tells this man to not talk about it because it's not the resurrection yet. Jesus has a mission. He doesn't want people to mistake him for who he truly is, so he tells lots of people. He heals them and says, be quiet. That's only until the resurrection. After that, like, he wants us to share the good news. That's only for a time. So the man doesn't listen to Jesus, but for better or for worse, he tells lots of people. And 
how did they respond? How did they react to this man who maybe they knew or maybe they didn't, coming back and saying he's been cured, that he's met this man, Jesus of Nazareth. He's back in the city now. His family, his friends, strangers. How would they react? I have seen in the last few years at St. Rose of Lima, Jesus heal so many people, some who are sitting here. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've had others of you tell me secondhand stories of how you were healed or you met someone who was healed in our community by Jesus, and you told me the good news. It's happened to so many people, and it makes me rejoice, it makes me give thanks. But friends, I've also heard stories about people telling the good news of what Jesus has done for them to fellow parishioners, to family, and the response is not always the same thing. Sometimes there's joy and let's praise God, but sometimes there is confusion. Sometimes there is fear. Sometimes there is jealousy. Sometimes there is apathy. On Friday night in this church, Sherry Lamb, one of our parishioners, she shared something with the assembly that she had not spoken about for 42 years. 42 years ago, she had cancer, which had very few treatment options. She had an encounter with God and was overwhelmed by his love, and God told her audibly, there is no more cancer in your body. And all the scans confirmed it. And she went home and she told her siblings about her experience with God and what had happened and what God did for her. And they mocked her. They thought she was crazy. They didn't want to hear it. They were so upset. And Sherry was so crushed and sad that she kept that to herself for 42 years. Even I didn't know about that until Friday night right here. And she told everyone about this. Why now? Well, for one reason, so that you all could hear that today. Friends, how do we respond when someone comes to us with something that's maybe incredible or we haven't experienced before or like we're like, maybe we ask, does God really still do those things? Like, is is this actually God? Is this person all put together? Like, how do we respond when people like the leper, come to us and say, Jesus did something for me. Do we rejoice and give praise to God? Or do we do something else? I know I myself have been challenged by what Jesus has been doing in our community because, like, I know that God still heals people. I know that Jesus' command to cleanse the leper and raise the dead and cast out demons, I know that is still true and that the church still does that. But with all these things I've been hearing, sometimes it's convicted me like, wow, Lord, like, do I need more faith? Because sometimes I think, like, does God do things this often? Or just like every now and then God pops up and does something great for a few people. It's convicted me to, like, have a new desire of faith to be like, okay, like the Lord was serious about healing people. He was serious about being with us till the end of time. And he's always doing something incredible in our midst. 
Do, do I have eyes to see that? Do I have ears to hear that? Jesus is doing amazing things in our community and in each one of your lives. And I pray that we would have the grace to rejoice and give all glory to God whenever someone brings you or I good news about what Jesus is doing. Because it's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about our fame or popularity. Um, It's not about, like, if only I pray hard enough, God will do something good for me. No, it's about being surprised by the gifts of God who heals us and blesses us and takes care of us because he loves us. Christ healed the leper of his leprosy. Christ healed Venetio of his sadness and despair at St. Peter's in 2013. What does Christ want to do for you and for me? And maybe the more that we rejoice with the stories of others and we just give thanks to God for what he's doing, maybe that'll open us up to the gifts of God that he has for, for you and me. Maybe I'm not going to get the same gift as someone else does. Maybe my life's not going to change in some of these ways, but, but God wants to change all of our lives without a doubt for the better. To bless us, to love us, to set us free. So as you meditate with the Word this week, put yourself in the shoes of the leper. Put yourself in the shoes of Jesus. And put yourself in the shoes of all those who heard the good news of the leper who was healed. And ask the Lord how he wants you to react.